Train Podcast. This is J Train, Jared Free, coming to you live from the West Village, Manhattan. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being a part of this great show. Thank you for sending your emails. Keep sending them in. Um, any advice you want. We go dating. We go lifestyle. We go friendship. You know, wedding season's over, so we're like getting into now the holiday season type of emails. We love a theme. We love a theme. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. That's the email. Jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. Send anything you'd like, advice. We You want perspective. Here's what we do in this show. You send in your emails, not because my guests and I are experts. It's because we don't have to make eye contact with you when we tell you exactly what we think. Someone just DM me. They're like, oh, my God, uh, you answered my email and you roasted me at the end. But, you know, I it was nice to hear an honest perspective. And you know what? We're going to roast you with love. We're going to hug you while we whisper in your ear. You're fucking up. You know, that's like it's a hug with a you done fucked up or a hug with they've done fucked up. You know, I don't know a version of someone fucked up and we're going to give you our feelings and thoughts and you can take it for whatever it's worth. But again, keep sending those emails. J train podcast at gmail.com. If you're listening right now, I'm on the road, Toledo, Ohio. I don't know when this got added or how it got added. I'm going to Toledo. I've been there. Many, I've been there more. I've been to Toledo more than I I would like to admit. I, I would like to admit I I've been there more than I would assume I would ever have gone. Dania Beach, I am there. It is like Fort Lauderdale, Boca. It's South Eastern Florida. Now, you know, people are like, "Well, are you going to come to my living room?" No, 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 no. This is my Southeastern Florida weekend, and it's around Thanksgiving. So the whole point is that if you go into Florida to visit family, as I know a lot of people do, I'm one of those people. I just assume everyone's like me. You can come to the show. You can bring your family, and it's like an hour and a half of not having to talk to your family. Like, I can talk to them for you. And the whole hour is about family right now. It's about it's – it's one story about going to the beach with my family. So uh, I think people have enjoyed it. Um, it definitely – I definitely see, you know, the – the, you know, the, the 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 kids, kids, you know, people my age hitting their parents, you know, 70 year old parents being like, he's talking about you, you fucking loser. So, like, that's fun for me to see. So bring them um, Portland, Oregon, Phoenix, Arizona, Albany, San Diego, Madison, New York, Boston, Toronto, Chicago, Minneapolis, Royal Oak, Michigan, Denver, Colorado. So those are all the dates. Jaredfree.com. Very excited. Today's guest, an OKP. To the podcast, original key player. I I was gonna put you on luxury lounge, but you. I gotta say, I think you give some of the best advice of our guests. I I, I get responses from your episodes, so I'm just gonna we're gonna go to the J Train version of the show. Even though you'd be great in luxury lounge, I know for a fact. Um, everyone needs to go follow and go watch his new special. It is called Sweatpants in Perpetuity. Noah Garden Swartz, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Always great to be here, whether it's Luxury Lounge, just a J-Train edition, whatever you want, I'm here for it. It's a, it's, it's a pleasure. Where are you coming from? We're over Zoom. You have a new special, and it is awesome, hilarious. Again, a special you could watch with family, friends. This doesn't have to be, you know, under, you know, your covers, hiding, you know, embarrassed. This is a good comedy special. It's on YouTube right now. The link is in the bio of this episode, so you can connect to it right now. It's great. I loved it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas, the suburbs of Las Vegas. So you moved to Vegas. I did. What made – what – I have two questions. What brings I'm sure you? You have more than two. <laughs> I have many. <laughs> yeah. Ve- why Vegas? What made you move? I, I guess I have more than two. Um, and what is it like? Because this is we we give advice and sure. I think you and I are the same age, similar ages. Um, I think our group has that like that thing of like you visit somewhere you go I could move here. I, well, you know, Vegas is the exact opposite, though. Vegas is like you go for three days, and you're like, I'm never coming back, or 
three days is way too long. How the hell do people live here? So, right. um, well, I guess I'm way, thinking of like the Henderson area. Like, I'm, sure. you know, like so, I'm I, right that that I'm, I'm in Summerlin. There are basically two livable suburbs of Las Vegas. You're either northwest in Summerlin or southeast in Henderson. Um, so if you're Jewish and in Las Vegas, you're going to live in one of those two places. Okay. So I like Summerlin. Um, why Las Vegas? I guess we could skip over the part where I grew up a compulsive gambler and came here with my mother all the time. No, um, we so my wife and I, we lived in New York for years. It's where we got to know you, became great friends, had a kid during the pandemic. Once he started crawling around a tiny Brooklyn apartment, we're like American dream. We're heading west for some land. So we went to Los Angeles for two years, planning to be able to buy a house. And as I'm sure you're aware, the housing market mm. in Los Angeles is just astronomically expensive. Um, so we were paying a lot of rent to live in a very expensive city. The Writers Guild strike was sort of the final straw where we were just like, why are we paying so much to live in such an expensive city where we can't even work right now? Mm -hmm. So we just started exploring other options. Vegas is incredibly affordable, uh, centrally located where it's close enough to LA if we need to be there, but also very easy to fly out to other parts for touring comics. Major uh, airport. Major airport, um, and also there's six full-time comedy clubs. So whatever's happening, TV, movies, writing, there's still a lot of work for comics. Mm. And, and you know, being in a relationship where it's two working comics, we wanted to be here. Um, so, so basically, we were able to get a bigger house with work to spare in Las Vegas. And... And the suburbs of Las Vegas are pristine. It's like it's literally like they're overcompensating for being Vegas. That's what I was wondering. Like I, I listen. I I I guess like why did you move to Vegas? Sounds judgy. Which you know. I no, guess you're asking. I mean, people should judge. You should when you hear <laughs> Vegas. There should be follow up questions. If if you have friends in your life that don't at least once go why Vegas, mm. then they're not your real friends. But fair. But no, honestly, Vegas has been wonderful like the suburbs of vegas are as peaceful and calm and clean traffic free there's still not a lot of people here there's parks everywhere i think because the strip is so crazy but they also know that there are families in vegas they had to give families like a wonderful place to actually raise the kids and so outside of the strip it's it's serene you should work for the state of nevada uh i mean I like this to. is a, well, also I no no income, no state income tax. But here's the real kicker: no tax on groceries. So you're really making money. Yeah. Oh, I'm with with two young kids. I'm I'm saving millions just on right. grocery tax alone. And you got a big baby. You know, th this was a. If I've seen pictures, it's a big kid. Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, because I think any, you know, I I understand your friends are going to ask you why, but like any touring comic knows. There's an area of every town that is great, like sure. is worth living in. Like I, I always reference when I go to Seattle, there's Tacoma and I've done Tacoma Comedy Club. And every time I'm in Tacoma, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like they have all right. the views of Seattle. They have they're the same amount away from the airport as Seattle. They're just south versus north. But it has this reputation of the Tacoma aroma, and it's not as nice as Seattle. And all the Seattle people, you know, turn their noses up. I'm like, no, no, sure, no. Sure. This is 20 years before Seattle became Seattle. This is where you want to go. It has everything you need. Why right. wouldn't you make it work? And by the way, although you obviously don't want to spend every day at the Strip, that's a pretty cool backyard to have. Like when you, you want to break away from suburbia and go to world class restaurants and go see a show. Or just gamble and have a crazy night. We're better than the strip. Every good restaurant away. moves there at some point. Correct. That's Correct. the it's, that that's what happens. They make their money there. They go, wow, we made it in New York. Where should we extend? Vegas. The best the best way to put it, there's a comic named Drew Thomas who was talking about being a Vegas comedian. He said, You can either go work the road 40 weekends a year or have the road come to you. Because every single right. audience like you can stay in town, not have to travel and still get audiences from all over and be able to perform for new people every single weekend because it's just a treadmill of tourists. I is and did it make it easier that you've kind of moved around a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, I've lived I've lived every I've, I've lived Denver, Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles, Vegas. So, yeah, I've been to all the regions. I've felt the different vibes. And uh, luckily, me, my wife and my kids are adaptable. 
So I feel like Denver's a good like uh, appetizer for Vegas, considering like the suburban Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. There's it's certainly analogous and very naturey as well. Vegas is surprisingly naturey when you get away from the unhealthiest people on earth <laughs> roaming <laughs> the the zombies roaming the strip. It's right, a tale like, of extremes. It, it really is. I Vegas is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say Vegas is like home to the fattest people on earth and the healthiest people on earth. Like you have you have like your juice nuts who yeah, who just get a smoothie and go hiking in the mountains. And then you have dudes smoking Marlboro Reds on a wheelie scooter through the casino with an eye patch. And it's just like a little bit of everything. Right. And now there's that, that old Vegas area that actually feels more like a city that you could go see a cool restaurant and. Like that area yeah. between Old Vegas and the Strip, there's that one arts area. Are you talking about Fremont and the Arts? That's what yeah. I'm talking about. And like, yeah. there's cool bars there. There's a little bit of a scene there. Yeah, yeah. So Vegas has a lot to offer outside of what you think of when you initially hear Vegas. So, right. Listen, we we said we'll come for 12 months, and we'll be honest. At the end of the year, we'll look at each other and be like, "Do we like it enough to stay and make roots here, or are we going to figure out back to wherever?" I get it. This is great. And you have the special that's out right now. It's called Sweatpants in Perpetuity. We want everyone to go watch it. We want it. You taped it where? In San Diego. What club? Uh, I didn't. I did it through Don't Tell Comedy. I didn't release it through Don't Tell. But uh -huh. so I'm I'm a man in general. My life, I go path of least resistance. I don't I work hard at what I work hard at, but I don't want to put in a lot of effort where I don't have to. One thing that requires effort, as you know, touring is selling tickets, being a draw. You are a fantastic draw on the road. I am not a draw. So when I was thinking of doing an album or a special, I was like, I don't want to be responsible for selling 500 tickets in a random right. city. So I've done don't tell shows in a bunch of cities. They're always great. It's people who love comedy because they're showing up, not even knowing who's performing. So right. I reached out to Don't Tell and was just like, I'll do the shows for free. You bring the audiences, give me the night, let me film it. And we did it like that. Love it. I mean, I, I, and for a special, you want like a hot crowd. You want the crowd to be like pumped to be there in on it. And with Don't Tell, they tape all their shows anyway. So it's like, right. it's kind of built in as far as like when you tape something, there's this added element. Even the crowd feels it. The crowd's well, like, that, whoa. So that's, that's where I rolled the dice a little bit in that, like, as you said, when people know they're coming to a special, they kind of feel like they have to bring it. And I did not have that crowd. I did not have a crowd that was like, oh, I think this that is helps a special it. night. Well, so what I say about the special, I was I was very happy with the way it came out. I'm certainly proud of the material and it looks good, sounds good. But it's a very, very honest, authentic version of like, if you come see me on the road and I just get a random crowd in a random city and I'm doing 45 minutes, this is what it's going to be. As opposed to like, I'm in a beautiful theater dressed to right. the nines with a crowd that's there excited to see. It's like, this is a night of comedy with no garden show. I always think that those are like, I would love to do that where it's like a whole, I think Patrice O'Neill did, a, a, they, they released like one of his recordings after he had passed. And okay. it's like it, the, the whole album is just like him doing a late show in Dallas and at one point he has to like kick a woman out and like, and it's like, I kind of think that would be so fun to have like hidden cameras set up at a club. Sure. Like I was just in Syracuse, the late show Saturday in Syracuse. I mean, the front row uh, looked like they were on work release program. Like it was like crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and listen, some cities I have people come out for me. And Syracuse, they, you know, they don't. You know, there were people there. Sure. Listen, there were fans, and I met some of the people that love this show. It was a pleasure. But, like, it was definitely in a mall. It was definitely a mix. And that late Saturday show where, like, not a lot of tickets are sold. They gave away some freebies. Yeah. You go, this is, this is a, this isn't, I hate when people are like, this is comedy. This is a version of sure. comedy well, that well, you don't you know get to see is? a lot. Yeah, and what it is is, especially for you as you're touring to a fan base, it's reworking a muscle that you may have neglected. You right. know, like getting back into the trenches of comedy, the late Saturday show with a drunk crowd in a hard-up city where you just got to just got to go for it. Right. This joke works for people who like me. Let's see how it works for someone with a face tattoo. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it works for them, Look, wow. Right. Like, like, like if because again, I'm talking about my parents on stage. So, like, if the joke about like my mom ordering at Dunkin' Donuts does it works for this guy, like, wow, I've really connected with a wide. Yeah, that that's how you know you got a winner. Right. So we want everyone to go watch the special. The link is in the bio of this episode at Noah G comedy on social media. Go follow. Noah is incredibly hilarious. The special is fantastic. You're going to love it. I've already gotten messages from people when I posted it being like, loved it. Thank you. So go, go, go. Um, Let's do some emails. You ready? Yeah, but before we get into email, I just want to feather you real quick. Your hair looks fantastic. Thank you, man. What, I'm bringing what the, the hair, hair game. We're so doing here, all right. We're doing all I right know, on this Zoom. You and I, you know, considering all the Jewish hate in the world, we're really persevering with this hair that we've got. A lot of problems, but hair loss is not one of them. <laughs> the knock on wood. Hit, yeah. Kiss that mezuzah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so let's go. Sensual massage broke up my relationship. You're in Vegas, the home of sensual massages. Absolutely. Jared, feather, feather. I'll get right to it. To keep a long story short, I've recently broken up with my live-in boyfriend of two years because I found an email where he emailed a sensual massage slash escort girl in the city right next to us two separate times, one of them being when I was away. He said it was because he was bored and curious how it worked. She put that in quotes. And that he messaged her a second time because Google reminded him. This guy's not doing himself any favors. No, you can't blame Siri. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, curio- he- or curiosity. Or what right. you see no. word, yeah. Curiosity was the was the massager's the masseuse's name. Yeah. Um, he said he wasn't going to actually go through with it. I saw the website. It was incredibly thorough. Prices, pictures, what he, what she'd do and all that jazz. Uh, listen, a good marketplace. Uh, no matter what you felt like you needed to know, the info was all there without the need for an email or two. That's an incredibly empathetic look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She. So I, are you, is there more? I'll keep going, but I just like the idea that she's like, you could have gone to the website and gone to the imagination land that you wanted to go to without an email yeah that's why i said two minutes ago and i was like curiosity killed it it's like he's saying he was curious how it worked well they're spelling it out for you so he's really shooting himself in the foot with every defense he's bringing right this isn't a and also i love the emailer because this isn't in like a a screaming emotional reaction this is like nah uh, you said curiosity here's, here's oh no this thing. is a this is a defense attorney's <laughs> breakdown of how she <laughs> Or a prosecutor, yeah. I wasn't buying it and kicked him out. Now I'm not sure where to go from here. It's been two weeks and I keep having mixed emotions. I know I can't be with him uh, because how I am supposed to ever... I know I can't be with him because how am I supposed to ever trust him again, especially when this wasn't the first betrayal of trust from him. He seemed to be a good guy. My family liked him. He helped me out a lot and just all around seemed perfect. I feel like if this isn't if this doesn't work out with a good guy, is there any hope out there? I feel dumb, but I do find myself at times thinking if there's anything worth salvaging from this relationship. I just keep thinking ahead and how I'm supposed to trust anyone again. I already had trust issues from cheating before this all happened and now this incident. How do I go about the new dating world when I feel like everyone's going to wind up being a liar and a cheater? Any advice would be appreciated. You've could have just got a massage gun. Well, that's not the same. But not I- the same at all. <laughs> sure. Uh, let me start by saying uh, she sounds incredibly stressed, and I think she should go get a massage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm with you. I, Work out this, this tension, this, girl. Yeah. This was a roller coaster because from the time you read the email of like sensual massage breakup, I was like, oh, she's being too. Like at first, I was totally on the guy's side. Like, it's a massage. Let him go get jacked off. Who cares? It's not the end of the world. Then when you started reading his defense or everything he was saying, I was like, oh, no, this actually sounds shady. Plus, it's not a massage. Massage escort is a different level. Right. Um, and, and here's what I'm going to say. I actually think on both sides, on one hand, this dude definitely did something worse than just going to a massage parlor. It felt like it was more premeditated. It was a little bit more of like 
solicitation of actual sex work as opposed to just like, hey, I'm going to go get a massage and we'll see what happens. However, if you are going to get cheated on or if your significant other is going to explore outside the relationship, I think a masseuse is the best version of that. Like as opposed to having an affair or, you know, like being on the apps and trying to find other girls in the city while you're away. If he's going for a one-time massage, that's kind of the best version of being cheated on. You, you know, it's funny that like we're looking at this from a totally unemotional place. We're looking at the facts. Um, and someone could be listening to this and being like, this guy's a piece of shit. How could we even be unpacking this? She's asking, how can I trust anyone again? And we're kind of like, well, hold on. Let's look at this massage act in general. And it is interesting right. because it's like, as far as his trustworthiness, like it's the cover up, not the crime. Like the crime, right. you know, in in I don't know in in Nevada, this is legal activity. Like right, it's I Tuesday think. afternoon. Tuesday. This afternoon. is Tuesday. Right. So the legality of it, you know, allow like if there's a marketplace, you go. I, I guess like it, it, there is another way of him going about getting a sensual massage that you could understand a couple staying together and seeing that as a different thing as the relationship. I think in this new age 2023 world we live in, this guy is dancing. To me, I agree with you. It's like, it's more about the way he went about this, that you go, okay, this is this. You're dealing with a liar you're dealing with someone who's not really like, we can say that the whole relationship is fucked based on the, the talk that's gone on here. Right. I, I would urge, I would urge her not to lose trust in all relationships moving forward over a masseuse. And, and that's not to minimize her pain or like, if she ends up breaking up with this guy, which is fine. Like if she loses trust in him, it's justifiable. If there's no trust, you can't be in a relationship. But I don't think because her boyfriend sought out a sensual massage, that means that there isn't a good guy that won't be truthful moving forward. Right. I, I, I was interested where she was like, my family loves him because all I could think about is, does she call her mom crying? And then even if she decides to take him back, there's no way the family dynamic is ever okay no. sitting at the table when mom <laughs> and dad know he went and got jerked off a county over. Right. I don't think... Yeah, you can't, you can't bring in Bob Kraft to family dinner without everyone thinking of what Bob Kraft did in a massage right. parlor. Here's... I, I think like... To me, she's got to go talk to a therapist. And it's like, I think you got to like allow yourself to grieve this and to like, and listen, it's not your fault that this guy looked outside of your relationship for some sort of gratification. She says she's dealt with cheating in the past. So she's connecting the past cheating with this and going, what am I doing? You know, I'm sure she's going, it's more like it's less. I think the perspective needs to change. It's less like why do all these all these men cheat is different than, hey, let me work on some things that attracts me to certain types that end up cheating or what's my communication process? What other things in our relationship was you know was I afraid to say what was I afraid to go into like I I think like the things we like like for me personally the things I'm afraid to do aren't about the person it's not, it's not like oh my god I won't commit because this person isn't a worthy person of committing to it's because I got my own shit that I avoid that I take easy routes on why do I take that path on the hike versus that path well that path is up a rock face and that path has massages and blowjobs and really is a lot easier so it's like why do I do these things is different than why do people do it's more controllable I think she's living in a world of like uncontrollables that's holding her back from dating again sure I mean if she's repeatedly being cheated and on not to victim blame at all, it might not be her fault, but there, like you said, there might be something about who she's attracted to that she should do a little deeper dive into to make sure that maybe she's making healthier choices with her partners in the future. Right. Like, like there's a, 
it's easier to say to someone, hey, why don't we go out on dates on Tuesdays than it is, hey, why does your body tremble every time I make eye contact with your phone? <laughs> <laughs> like, one is a very easy comment. Hey, why don't we go out on Tuesday? Oh, well, I never thought about Tuesday. And the other one is like, well, uh, you know, I'm still texting with 7,000 other people and right. uh, my phone is a, is a land of, of, of places for me to get in trouble, of, of landmines, you know? But yeah, I think you hit on the head. Long story short, in this case, cover up worse than the crime. Yeah, when you go, hey, why have you been? Oh, I was curious. It, it would have been different if he was like, hey, like I don't think she should go back to him. I think like this thing is like rotting from its core. I think mm -hmm. if she goes back to him, they're not going to be able to like go back, and you you would have to do so much work to go back. Yeah, to and him. she's. And again, not to make light of cheating, but she's going to throw this in his face repeatedly. And it's like a, a massage hand job isn't even worth that. Right. What? Like they both, they both, they both got to move on. Right. He doesn't care enough about the massage hand job and she cares too much about too it. Much. And, and there's like a little at the root is a, is a cavity that needs a root canal. And like, they don't have the ability. Like I, you know, if you haven't done therapy yet, jtrainpodcast at gmail.com, jtrainpodcast at gmail.com. We're sponsored. When your days are jam-packed, turn to Factor to get your nutrition in. They're America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. They'll get you powered up for your busy days with chef-prepared, chef dietitian-approved meals that are delivered straight to your door. The meals not only taste amazing, but they're ready in literally two minutes. Just pop them in the microwave or on a skillet, and dinner is served. Here's what I will say to people. Here's if you want to be healthy, there's two factors. I'm using the name of the place, factor. Look at look at this is how good of a spokesperson I am. There's two That's factors the at play. And this is why you need factor. Okay? One, creativity. Two, portion sizes. When you go to shop for one, you always shop for too much. You end up putting more on your plate than you actually need. You end up overeating. Two, when you're trying to be healthy, you are looking for options and you know how to make grilled chicken and you know how to make salmon. And you know what you do after salmon? You go back to grilled chicken again. Sometimes you put in an egg white omelet. Then you get tired of it and you end up not doing it for a long period of time. Factor has creativity that you don't have. And it's, I mean, look it. They do vegan, vegetarian, keto, protein plus options. You can stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while saving tons of time. And they, you can... They have Christmas cookies with Factors Calorie Smart Meals that ring in around 550 calories per serving. It's just good stuff that you're going to be able to stay with longer. That's my issue. Head to factormeals.com slash JTrain50 and use code JTrain50 to get 50% off. That's code JTrain50 at factormeals.com slash JTrain50 to get 50% off. Noah, are you making like meals for the kids? Yeah, but nothing like what Factors bring in. No, well, uh, well, you, Dino Nuggets. No. You eat off the kids' plate. No. Yeah. Oh, my my entire diet is secondhand food. That <laughs> I would love to eat off a plate. I'm eating off the floor that they whatever <laughs> they whatever they throw down, I pick up, and that's my dinner. Oh uh, man! <laughs> but I will say, my my oldest actually loves fruits and vegetables. Like if you offer him a, we took him to In and Out. He okay. took the tomato and lettuce off the burger, ate that, didn't eat the patty. He must have been born in L.A. What's going on? This it's Esther. It's Esther. <laughs> you, you know that's not my doing. No, no, not at all. Podcast at gmail.com. Noah Gardensworth's at Noah G Comedy. The special. It's out right now. It's on YouTube. Sweatpants in perpetuity. Go, go, go. Go watch it now. How to break, how to break things off gently. Okay. Jared, feather, feather. Thanks for all the fun and mirth on the pod. Mirth. I've never been mirthy. Okay. Yeah, sure. Keep up the good work. My question is this. I'm in my 30s, male, and dating in New York. Inevitably, there's a lot of breaking things off that needs to be done. It's If it's not promising after date one, that's easy. You just kind of gently disengage and nobody gets too upset for the most part. My issue is how do you handle telling someone whom you've been out with maybe three to four times, maybe you've slept together, maybe you haven't, that it's just not working for you? In particular, is it more respectful and kinder to just keep it short and simple? Hey, I'm sorry, I don't think this is the right match for me. Or is it easier for the recipient 
if you offer more substance. I don't want to seem curt with a vague and brief message, but I fear trying to offer substantial reasons could be more painful. For example, saying I'm sorry the physical spark just isn't quite there for me might make someone feel badly about their looks. Thanks for your thoughts. Guilty guy. I Listen, I feel this guy. I could have been written by me. Noah, what do you think? Okay. Uh, first of all, I think three to four dates is still well within the range of like not that big of a deal. You can end things right. quickly. Currently, I don't. But my biggest advice in general is a lot of times people are in their head about stuff like this. And I always remind people they are not thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. Like mm. people think everyone else spends way much more mental energy on ourselves than, than others do. And so I would say maybe it's not that big a deal. Three, four. I do. I do agree with him that like you don't need to go into specifics like, hey, the physical spark isn't there because that will make someone question. Am I bad in bed? Is my body bad? Do I look bad? Right. But I think you can very easily be like, hey, you're great, but this isn't working for me. Listen, I'm with you. You know, they're not thinking about you as much. I think that's something I have to remind myself of. Like, in, in addition to that, to add on to that, they're going to be fine. You yes. know, like that's, I think that's like, you know, when you're the guilty guy, it's a little bit of ego, but it's not, you don't think of it as ego, but it is ego playing itself out. Like, oh my God, it's such a horrific thing that I would break up. It's a little up your own ass to believe that like another human being won't be able to move on. And it's because, we hear from the most loud, emotional people on this subject. You rarely hear sure. from the person that goes, yeah, we had a good time. It just didn't work out. Like, And that person exists more than the and person that's like, ah, I've been broken up with. It's dramatic. Like, we hear from that person. 100, and I've been out of the dating game for too long. You tell me, is three, four dates substantial now? Because to me, that's like... It Three, depends. four dates, does, that, that's probably more than a text. Like a phone I, call would be nice, but is that that big a deal? As a man with ego who's been on three or four dates with someone and written the text, I feel it. I It ruins my day. I, I feel really okay. badly because generally these are people that are, you're like, they are good people. They're nice. I'm attracted to them. I, I still am. I just know for whatever reason, it's just not the mix for me. And it's hard to like say, you know, you lose tone over text. You want to like... I've had people where I send that text and they go, totally understand. I wish you the best. And I've had people where I've sent the text and they don't answer and they just go away. And, and you go, well, they must have been really angry at me or have felt that I've bamboozled them in some way. And it's like, here's the thing. The message to this guy is like, you're never going to control that emotion. You can't tell someone how to feel. So all you can do is speak. I think the biggest thing, two, two things, speak in I terms. Don't speak for someone else. And that's sure. something I've learned over the course of breaking off, you know, eight month things my whole life, you know, like going, I don't feel this is the right match romantically for me. And I wish you nothing but the best. That's really where it begins and ends at. If they ask for more and hey, I, I just don't understand, stay in I terms. You are not going to train this person to be a better dater for the next person. There's, Unless they went to a massage parlor and you found it, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> then you might have some notes. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it comes down to don't make it a bigger deal than it has to be. And and don't make it uh, rudely personal, like we said, of, oh, the spark isn't there. I just don't like the way you do this or that. It's like you said, make it keep it eye, eye messaging and remember well, that the world doesn't revolve around you. Right. And it wasn't a physical connection that's like not even a fair thing to say to someone because they're just them. Like they're, they're connect, you know, they're a Lego piece for someone else's Lego block. Like, you know, like the idea that like you're, who are you to make that assertion? It just wasn't, I guess you, what you're well, saying no, is fair. like, we didn't physically it's, right, match right. up. But. It, it's fair. It's a valid critique where it's like on paper, there's nothing wrong. I think you're great. You're fun. You're smart. I am attracted to you. But when we have sex, it's just not there. That's a valid reason to not, go forward but you don't necessarily need to share that information with them after three right. or four dates you can cut it clean it's a valid reason for like you know your friend who's like what happened to so and so right. that, that's fun fodder you know that's not for the, some things are meant for the brunch table some things are not you know are, are meant Correct. you know to stay at the brunch table i also think a good piece of advice that might make this person feel better is like find a friend of the opposite sex or 
Find a friend of the sex you're dealing with, whatever that may be, and be like, hey, I'm about to end something with someone. Can you just make sure that this text sounds appropriate? I think that's helpful. I think that gives you a little bit of like beer muscles, so to speak, like to be able to send the text that you don't drag it on, that they go, it's someone not in the situation that goes, yeah, that's, I, I, I get <laughs> that, that, that's a slippery slope to me because then you might be getting the baggage of whoever you're asking where you might. Have yeah. You got to trust that person. You want. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know what they're bringing to the table. Right. You got to, it's got to be someone you trust that like is right of mind. I think a married friend of the, of the sex you're dealing with, like, because married people have this like calmness, like, like, like you just said, no one's thinking of you. That is like a married friend thought. Like, well, well so that, like that, I got kids. I Married is another slippery slope because the fact is married people with kids don't care about your little three-day breakup. So we're just going to be like, yeah, send the text. It's fine. Who cares? That makes it better. That, that's that's helpful. Like to see in the grand scheme of life, this is yeah. so stupid. Like, Yeah. It's like I have to pick up my kid from school because he just threw up on my other kid. Send the text. Okay. Right. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Noah Gardenswartz at Noah G Comedy. We're sponsored. Give the people on your list the gift of amazing sleep with Brooklinen, the internet's favorite sheets. Okay, let me just start with, I'm looking at my bed right now. It's draped in Brooklinen. It's gorgeous. It's comfy. It's cozy. It's a perfect gift because what you're doing, it's actually more thoughtful than any other gift. You're helping someone sleep well. Like, what is more thoughtful than that? Who doesn't need more sleep or better sleep? And you can easily gift the perfect sheets for everyone on your list. Choose from percal, sateen, linen, sateen, satin. That's satin. So I, was, I, just I, was, I was about to say, where are we going wow. with that one? <laughs> oh, my God. Man, I really am a fraud. I'm uh, trying to fancy that's, that's like satin. Tar that's Target. Right. <laughs> Cotton, flannel. Who wouldn't love flannel sheets right now? Like, this is the time, maybe in Vegas. It's, it's flannel. All right, thank you. <laughs> Check out their holiday gift guide. You know, they have a holiday gift guide, so it makes it easy. That's the toughest part about gift giving. You're like, what do I do? What do I do? Then you don't do it. So Brooklinen's going to help you make that easy. Even more ideas to help the season bright with blankets and super plush robes they'll never want to take off to mugs, bath mats, stylish soap dishes, Brooklinen will have you leveling up your game in no time. So Brooklinen's really doing it all. It's 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 fun for me. Brooklinen's been sponsoring this podcast since they started. So like the idea that they've gone from sheets that literally my mom asked for, so they're mom approved, to now okay. like dish soap, soap dishes. This is great. Check out Brooklinen's holiday assortment in store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Use code JTRAIN20 for $20 off your order of $100 or more. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code JTRAIN20 for $20 off. I love the no. J Train Brooklyn and uh, Parallel Growth. You guys are really, really partnering up. The glow up is great. A tear is coming down my cheek just from the thought of like our times together. I've 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 read that ad so many times, but it's the ad changes every now and again because they're like, "Yep, we're offering robes," and you're like, "Whoa, Brooklinen, good for you. You're growing." Do you <laughs> that's, think Brooklyn? That's, that's their version of a Netflix special, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, they've got robes now. Do you do you think Brooklinen saw me on Netflix and they were like, "Oh, wow, good for?" They probably 100%. have no idea who the fuck I am. <laughs> uh, let's do another email. Career advice. I feel trapped. Please help. Wow. Okay. Okay. Feather, Feather, I'm a huge fan. I've seen your live, uh, stand up and you up live shows. I listen to all your podcasts. I'm very loyal. You up with benefit subscriber. Thank you. Um, on to my issue. I'm an auditor working at one of the big four accounting firms about three years out of college. My job has great security, pay, benefits, nice people, but I hate it. The hours are long and I don't have any interest in the actual work. Most people at my company leave after a few years to take an internal accounting role at a private firm. This option would get me better hours, keep the good pay and benefits, and continue to utilize my CPA license that I worked very hard for. But I'd still be doing a job I don't really care about. I'm worried as it's too early to leave the accounting entirely since I've worked so hard for my career. But I certainly don't see myself doing it forever. <coughs> 
the other issue is I'm not sure what I want to do if I did leave the industry. My real passion lies with people, helping people, giving advice, etc. All I do all day is listen to advice and dating and relationship podcasts, a.k.a. yours and most of the Betches ones. Many people say I should be a therapist or life coach. I will admit an alternative career path scares me since I'm a risk-averse person and I don't want to go back to school. However, I'm sure I would love something like that. I just feel very lost in the whole process. I know it's normal to hate your job in your 20s, but I feel like it's time to make a change. How do I get closer to a career that I actually find purpose and joy in? I know you had a big career move yourself in your 20s. How do you handle that? Is it possible to enjoy what you do every day without sacrificing pay or job security? Again, thank you for all your help and advice. Account me out. I love that sign off. What do you think, Noah Gardenswartz? I got a lot of thoughts on this. I'll say first and foremost, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. So being that you don't know what else you want to do, I would hesitate to tell you to leave your job. If you had a passion that you were for sure ready to pursue, if you were saying, I yearn to be a stand-up comic, I yearn to go be a therapist, I'd say go for it. The time is now. But because you're kind of wishy-washy, at the very least, you have stability with the job right now, which is a lot more than many people can say. Um, I will also say my father is an accountant. And he is constantly telling me how difficult it is to find young help because people don't want to be accountants anymore. They don't want to do the work. So what I will tell you is if you're willing to jump ship to a private accounting firm, you will have a lot of leverage because they are having trouble finding right. people your age with your level of talent. So if you're going to be miserable in the job you're working, at least make sure you're being well compensated for it. So right now, if you're going to stay in the accounting field, I would say maybe jump ship to a higher paying job or a private firm. So at least you can audit and be more compensated at a higher level while you figure out if you ultimately want to leave. It's so funny to me that like comedians are really the best people to like go to for this type of advice. Cause we, people think we just like do this and have no, especially when you're in it, when it's your career, like we're yeah. looking back going, okay, like, I see. I should have been an auditor, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> well, we we see. You know, again, when you're in your 20s, you go, "Who cares about health insurance? Who cares about the other things that I I need? I just want to pursue this passion." Then we get in it and we look back and we go, "Okay, well, if I was to start today, we're we're offering the, the guides that offer them warning to be careful." You know, whereas yep. when we got into comedy, we probably were less careful than the warnings we would give. Absolutely. You know? <clears throat> I look back to what I my thought process going into stand up and going into comedy generally and was like, however it works out, it works out. It'll be better than what I'm doing now. And yep. I think you need some of that, but you also need to, like, come to terms with the reality of life and bills and all those things. Um, I'm with you. Like, no, I'm never going to tell someone to leave their job. Um, I will say, I would also say there's, when they talk about going to another accounting place, everywhere needs accountants. So like yes. you could be maybe doing accounting at a startup is different and offers a little more creativity. Maybe doing accounting as a, you know, what do they call it? A forensic accountant, maybe changing the type of accounting where now you're helping, you know, auditors to like take down bad guys like that. I love this. There you, go. you know, there's an, account an accountant with a badge. Right. I like I, I just think that there's versions of accounting that like and this is especially since they don't know what it is. Now, they mentioned the advice and the uh, therapy route. And then they also mention. Is it possible to enjoy what you do every day without sacrificing pay or job security? It is not possible to do something without any sacrifice. So Correct. I don't know what the sacrifice is. If you don't want to sacrifice pay, then you have to do it after your job. So you might be sacrificing relationships. You're sacrificing time. So like if I'm this person and I want to see if the therapy thing, I, you know, as far as being a life coach, life coach to me is just like a giant grift. It's a way of sidetracking, having to do the work to become a therapist to me. And I know maybe there's a, there's a life coach listening right now. Who's like very offended. And I would say to them, Good unfollow. For you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like you've done it. You've, but I tend to find that life coaches work harder 
convincing people they're a life coach than actually doing the coaching that they want to do. So like the idea that you want to give advice and, you know, do and, and feel the, that therapy is a good road for you. I think maybe you go to, and you say you don't want to go to school. Well, that's a sacrifice. You got to go to school to get the thing you want. You know, I think like the worst thing to me is half pursuing and having, I think you'll be way more unhappy half pursuing while doing a job you hate and not getting the passions and the accomplishments that you want because you've half pursued. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, listen, life is too short to be miserable. So if you absolutely hate accounting and being an auditor, then leave and leave now. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. My my best advice is audit your own life. Look Mm. at your monthly bills. Look at where you want to be in five years, 10 years, and then decide the best path towards it. Right, and when you audit your own life, the math, when you make it mathematical, the, which this person is like qualified to do, right. you can go, oh, wait, I can afford after school. You know, Now I can look at the math of how much years and money it takes to become the type of therapist I want to become. Like, then it becomes more real, and you go, oh, I can do two hours uh, you know, a night for six months or whatever. Again, I'm probably minimizing what that actually <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the actual commitment someone's gonna have to go into j train yeah. podcast at gmail.com j train podcast at gmail.com here with noah garden Swartz. go follow at noah g comedy go 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 the special it is called sweatpants and perpetuity you're going to love it it's a night on the couch it's a date night go 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 he window tapped now what Jared, longtime fan. I was lucky enough to see you on tour and love the new special. Thank you. I'm in my second year of med school. Look at that. There is an Amber Alert going on in New York City right now. This kid must belong to the mayor because I have gotten (laughs) 7,000. I was wondering what made you look up from your or what made you hit the watch in the middle of a read. I turn off my phone when I literally when I go to table podcast phone plugged in across the room and I'm getting this buzz buzz and I'm like I mean it's also funny are you doing sports gambling are you doing any of the oh, I'm sure I? you are oh am I we're talking second half lines player props yeah. you know what I was pretty dominant at the WNBA really I was I was a strong WNBA. I mean, I live in Vegas where the Aces, the two-time national mm. champs are, so you kind of ride the local team. It's pretty good. But I had a higher winning percentage on WNBA than the NFL by far. Well, I would assume the spreads are, you know, there's there's larger spreads. People don't know the sport at all. Right, right. Um, well, it's funny because I looked at my watch. I get a big buzz for an Amber Alert, and then I see – Halloween mystery profit, trick or treat profit boost. Like the amount of yeah. ads I get, they're like, "Come gamble!" I every football Sunday, every game, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gambling a lot right now. I'm in my second year of med school. Yesterday, I was working at the free clinic, and some first year students were there training. I saw one of the new first year guys looking at me. After noticing a few times, I smiled back at him, and he returned the smile. I went about my day, and it was pretty busy, so I didn't get to talk to him much. He was cute, but seemed pretty shy, but he was probably nervous with how much training goes into clinic. Later in the day, after a few drinks of liquid courage, I decided to follow him on Insta. Good for you. He followed me back and immediately liked three of my posts. My question here is, what's my next move? Liking pictures back? I'm not sure if that's juvenile and leaves too much room for no progression. My friends think he might be scared to make a more bold move since I'm an an upperclassman. And I do have quite a few leadership roles in campus. I thought about asking how his year is going, but that's just something upperclassmen do to be good mentors. I don't want to dance around the fact that I think he's cute. I would like to explore a romantic connection and potentially keep, potentially help him study anatomy, if you know what I mean. I like this person. Thanks for all yeah. you do. Looking forward to any advice on how I can shoot my shot. Thank you, upperclassmen with ulterior motives. What do you think? My heart is melting. First of all, is there anything more fun than having a legitimate crush? Like the early stages of pursuit when you're both into each other, nothing better. I'm actually an expert in this field because this is the origin story of my wife and I. We Mm. followed each other on Insta and then Esther liked three of my photos and she literally said liking three is the specific number to let them know you're clearly interested without seeming like a stalker. 
So I'm telling you, three likes on Instagram is a very strong signal that he's right. into you and you should you should proceed without caution. If you're into him, you should go for it because he clearly likes you. I agree. I've called it the window tap uh, since the beginning of this podcast. Tap, tap, tap. I'm here. I'm hard or wet. I'm ready for action. That is him throwing a rock at your window. He threw three rocks. You can like three back. It's just how fast do you want this to move? This person sounds like a go-getter. They sound fun. They sound confident. I think you're totally right. The idea of like, how's your year been? Again, that's just taking this process longer. Yeah. What I would do if I was this person, hey, now something cute and it admits to what has just happened. Hey, now that we've stalked each other appropriately, you know, you stalk in the fun way. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, now yeah. that we've stalked each other appropriately, I'd love to get a drink. You tell me where and when and I'm down. And now, right, every guy, if every guy, and this is talking about a man, if he can't put it together from that, he don't want it. You have given him all the tools. It. And he wants it. Yeah. We agree. Literally, if I were, I would send word for word the text that you just said. Because right. also saying like, if you want to get a drink, I'm down. But then switching to you tell me when and where still puts onus on him to take some responsibility in making the evening happen. Perfect. Guys no are notes. fixers. Guys are make things happen. I just think like she wants an answer. She wants to get to the date. I agree with her. There's and listen, I'm I'm gonna respond to the critics that aren't here right now, but they'll say, "Wow, that's bold." Yeah, who cares? You're gonna get an answer to your question. And if he three goes, Insta three Instagram likes is bold. He's there yes. is zero doubt in my mind that he likes you. And if it doesn't work out, that means he likes you, and he also has a girlfriend. So like. <laughs> So, like, if he doesn't make the plan with wo all that information, it's not your problem. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Noah Gardenswartz. Go watch the special. The link is in the bio. Sweatpants in perpetuity. Go, go, go. This one's called Work, 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 Work. Jared, I'm a big fan of all your content. Stand up. Your Netflix special had my fiance and I laughing. I loved it. I've seen you live twice. Can't wait to see you again this coming February in Boston. Thank you. You're way too kind. I have a di dilemma that is driving me crazy. Want to address it without hurting feelings. Okay. My fiance talks about his work with me constantly. He's a utility worker. And most weeks he works six days. He works lots of overtime as well. He's constantly telling me stories about how work, uh, about he's constantly telling me stories about work and what he did each day and talking on and on about a multitude of coworkers I don't know or care about or discussing who is lowest on overtime and how many hours that person is behind. Just random stuff that is fluff that doesn't add any substance to our relationship. It's gotten to the point where it's hard for me to zone out, not, it's, where it's hard for me to not zone out when he starts talking about his work stuff. I have, in fact, asked him in the past if we can talk less about our work and more about other things, literally anything else. I've made a conscious effort to not bring up my work talk at home unless I'm excited about a big case I'm doing. I can truly say I've done a good job, and if he asks about my day, I keep it short and to the point, i.e. busy day, but everything went well. For background, I also work full-time in the medical field. We met a few months before the world shut down due to COVID, so the first six or so months of us getting to know each other, we were working far less, and it was so nice. Life and conversations didn't revolve around work. Is there a nice way I can say to him, can you please talk less about your work because I really don't care unless it's something you're actually excited about that you're working on? I hope I'm not alone in this issue. I so appreciate your feedback. Thank you endlessly. Sincerely, no more men at work. What do you think, Noah? This is, I love this email. This is a tricky one because it sounds like she already has attempted to politely tell him. Like the fact mm. that she has mentioned it to him and he's not catching the hints means that polite might not be the way to go. Like this, is, I, it's not someone who is asking, how do I let him know for the first time I'm tired of hearing about work? Well, here's here's the thing. You and your wife are both comedians. Does that 
conversations sometimes become too much? Does it, do you ever say like, let's get off of comedy talk? Sure. Well, we, we, yeah, I mean, we really, it's either we're completely on the same page and both interested in whatever the comedy discussion we're having is, Mm. or we just leave it alone because we have our own separate careers. But I do relate to this, that last week Esther was going on and on and on about a documentary that I could care less about. And about halfway through, I literally turned her and I started by saying, I love you. Mm. I love you. I have to be honest, I'm not interested in what you're telling me about right now. And I thought I could not have said it more politely, more sweetly. I fluffed her up before dropping the hammer and she still got so mad at me and accused me of shutting her down and not wanting to hear about anything she's interested in. So like <laughs> this this is incredibly right. delicate territory that, that she's dealing with, especially because it sounds like work is so strongly tied to this guy's identity. So essentially mm-hmm. she's saying, I don't want to hear about your work to him. He's going to hear, I don't want to hear about you or I don't want to hear what you care about. So I, I, I don't know. This is a tough one. I would also say you perfectly put, you're completely right. This is a very difficult thing. I love the story because you're right. Like I would think I love you. This is just not what I'm looking to talk about is like a really good way to like, I, I think, but I think there's two problems I have here with her email. The first is that she's trying to fix this by talking less about her work. I don't think that helps. I don't think less talk is what helps. I think like, you know, like the, the idea that you get home busy day, everything went well, like, okay, what, well now he's just trying to fill the air. And if you guys don't have it, and then when you say, and then this brings me to my second problem, I wish we would talk about other things, literally anything else. They give no specific things. So like, everyone's lost like and it's not that you don't like each other don't love each other you guys are going to get married but like the sometimes the space has to be filled with something especially if he's someone who feels a little bit awkward in the silence like you know for me being around the people i like is just enough i don't need anything else i cannot talk i can talk about raviolis as i will often bring up things that annoy me with you know ordering ravioli at a restaurant these are stupid things that i like to talk about that i find enjoyment in i also get fed up talking about myself a lot like because what we do is so different i i notice like when we go to parties i'm sure you get the same thing you are now on stage to talk about your work life and you're like, man, am I this much of a narcissist? I don't want, I, I'll like, I'd love to hear about the accounting job that right. fucking sucks. Like I just, I'd rather talk about that. So I do understand where it's like something has to fill this void and that's kind of what this guy is maybe doing. I have, I have a piece of advice two twofold. One, stop holding back on talking about your job. Talk about yep. your job. Yep. I mean, conversation produces more conversation. Two, let's find something to do together. It seems as though you guys are living two parallel lives that sleep in the same bed. Let's share a TV show. Let's share a hobby, pickleball. I'm trying to think of things that you can do together. Like, to me, watch the first season of Survivor together. I think Survivor is like a really good show because then that talks about like, can you believe that? It gives you something that isn't work. Like you guys got to find a show together that maybe is a competition show. I think the Bachelor- you to have an opinion. Yes. Give me an opinion. You, you know, I just watched the um, Bachelor in Paradise. I get the screeners. I'm watching it. There's one woman on this season that is a monster. A a total monster, but in the most relatable monster way. Like, I've met this woman before. I've tried to date her before. This would be a perfect person for you two to talk about together. Like, And especially because it doesn't matter. It's not your friend. It's not her friend. It's not his friend. Like, you can really open up the bag of goodies together. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, again, you said you'd come to the show with your significant other, like, to my show. That that could help. I don't know. The email's read sure. here. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Does this make sense? I actually think it's great. What you hit on, I think, is is absolutely correct in that it's the polar opposite tendencies that are really driving them apart. The fact that she is trying to talk about work, not at all. Maybe he's trying to fill that void with overcompensate with his work talk. And so they need to find something separate to talk about, activity-based, or meet in the middle where she talks more so he can talk less. 
absolutely. And yeah, if I, again, if I came home and I was like, how was your day? And they were like, good, nothing happened. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I got to really carry this thing. Your next reader email is going to be like, so my girlfriend won't open up and tell me anything (laughs) about her work. (laughs) Right. J train podcast at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com. Can we do one more? No, you got time. Of course. Let's do it. Advice to be or not to be direct. I'm a female in my late twenties writing in about a saga that has been the topic of conversation. In my friend group lately, there's a guy in my office building who has totally mistaken my politeness and general friendliness for flirtation. For context, we had a few short conversations and some waves or hellos in passing. It should also be noted we work in the same building, but not for the same company. Shortly after meeting, he started asking me to dinner, to meet up after work, and to go out with his friends and him. My issue is I'm totally non-confrontational to the point that I'd rather not be direct and I would prefer to just gently drop hints that I'm not interested. I'd say most people are like that. They want to... Yeah. Most people default, yeah, that's the default setting is avoid confrontation, yeah. Right, especially because we see each other in the building regularly. But every male friend I've told this story to has said, you got to tell this guy directly that you aren't interested. For example, I've tried giving non-committal answers like, yeah, I don't know, or we'll see, or I'm working late. I've also tried avoiding him taking the stairs as he's getting on the elevator and just making myself... and taking the stairs as he's getting on the elevator and just making myself scarce. I thought he would get all get the hint after all. Uh, I thought he would get the hint after all of this that I'm just not interested, but despite all this, he'll still occasionally ask me out or make flirtatious comments. So who's right here? Do I need to grow up and be direct, is it, or is it reasonable to think he should have gotten the hint? And regardless of whether or not I'm wrong, how do I get out of this awkward loop? Sincerely, read the room please. What do you think, Noah? I think two things can be true at once. I think he should have received the hint. It seems like she's done enough to make it clear that she's not interested, but being that he has chosen not to get the hint, you do need to be direct. Like the fact that you're taking the stairs instead of the elevator, making yourself small in the building that you occupy, like you have a shared space and you're going out of your way to avoid him. You don't need to do all that. You don't owe him any conversations. You don't owe him any dates, but you do owe him the direct truth if he's clearly not picking up on it. So let him know you're not into it and all that will end or should end. Right. It's it's funny. This is kind of relating to the environment of 2023 a little bit like this. This sucks. I'm sorry. Some things in life suck and are uncomfortable. Like and sometimes when two straight men say that, it sounds like we're saying suck it up, which is kind of what we're saying. But at the same time, we get, you know, people get vilified for like, oh, now you're letting this guy off the hook. And it's like some people are not going to get taught. Some people are not reading your blog on how to be better men. Some people are not looking inward. And those are people that you're usually getting angry at. So she makes this into a right or wrong issue. Like, if you if you turn things into right or wrong, you get nothing accomplished. If it, it, it becomes a matter of principles, which I I'm with you, Noah. Like he should have gotten the hint. He hasn't gotten the hint. Like make it direct. Listen, she's she's afraid of confrontation, but then she's being inconvenienced several times through her daily life. It's like if you just confront him, it will be uncomfortable once. If you don't confront him, it's going to continue to be uncomfortable in right. perpetuity. So just get it and, over with. And also it starts the process of if this person is dangerous, it starts the process of reporting a dangerous person, like not to go down that road. And someone might say, I guess, that like us telling her to be direct is like putting her in a dangerous position. But like at this point, it's either he's dangerous or he's oblivious. Right. And and again, like she should not have to be in this position. He clearly should have gotten right. the hint, but in an attempt to be polite or nurture his ego, saying things like maybe or we'll see to a delusional guy with a crush is not a direct enough no for him to like give up. What's a no you would you would tell her to say? What what's a no you would want to receive? Um I would say maybe listen, I appreciate the invite, but I have to be honest, I'm not interested. Right. I I think and that's the hardest part. Ending it at I'm not interested, P 
period. Like, because if you say romantically, now you've made assumptions. Like, he can go, oh, I just wanted to be friends. No, no, no. I'm not interested is a period on that sentence. I'm not interested in being friends. Well, I'm not looking to just be friends. Like, sometimes another word. And also, don't don't give excuses of, like, I'm not interested. I'm just really busy at work or I have a lot going on. You don't need to explain yourself. You don't owe him any explanations. I'm not interested. It has to end at that for him to get the hint. So now... If I, I'm with you verbatim. That's the that's the sentence. That's the that's the response. Now what happens is he comes up to you and is flirty with you the next week when you see him in the elevator and you're not avoiding him anymore. Now you can go to HR, like you know, and you go, "Hey, I told." Well, I think she said they were they work at different companies. So I don't know if there's like a building manager. Right. Of I don't. Sorts, but <laughs> that's hard. But I I would go to HR just because they have the they're the you know sure. they're trained in this you know hey the, yeah. and then they can go to the building hey we got an issue with the building or they can go to the other company and be like hey we got someone in your company that's like kind of harassing one of our people i i think it just makes that process easier because i mean their fear may just be i don't want to be awkward but it might be a bigger thing you know we don't know yeah yeah Podcast. Mean, yeah gmail.com Podcast at gmail.com Noah, fantastic per usual. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Love doing it. Everyone go follow Noah at Noah G Comedy. The special. It's on YouTube. Is your YouTube YouTube.com slash Noah G Comedy? Uh, no, it's just, it's just it, I, I don't even have my own YouTube. It's, it got put out through 800 pound gorilla. So it's YouTube at 800 PGM. But also if you just put sweatpants in perpetuity or my name into YouTube, you'll find it. It's called Sweatpants in Perpetuity, Noah Garden Sorts, Noah G Comedy on Instagram. The link is in his bio right now. It's in the bio of this episode. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday. Keep sending your emails back next week. Boom.